0: What's up, guys? This is Vlad, and we are back on the Generation Iron Podcast. Today's guest is a special one. He's um, one of the legendary bodybuilders, and now he became one of the top coaches in the game. He's been overseeing careers of a lot of the uh, classic physique guys, and it's been a little controversial as well because he was very critical um, in many aspects of the modern-day men's open division. Um, He's very passionate about talking about health, Uh, of course, bodybuilding, and the way the sport is evolving. So I'm very happy today to talk to Barry DeMay. Hey, Barry, so I have a lot of questions for you, man. And, you know, I've been following your career, you know. Uh, You you work with a lot of, you know, people that I know. You know, you coach them, which is great, man. So, you know, I want to make sure we cover a lot of bases today, man.
1: Sounds good. And uh, you know, I, I can start right off the bat. I'm, I'm willing to talk about the, how I think about bodybuilding nowadays compared to the old days. So Absolutely.
0: we got... <laughs> So let's do it. Absolutely. Well, first thing I want to talk, I want to talk about your, your, you know, kind of like your legacy in bodybuilding. You know, you've been doing it for quite some time now. You know what I mean? As a as a as a competitor and as a coach, right? If you look back at yes. it, what do you think is your biggest contribution? you know to the, to the sport of bodybuilding uh,
1: my my contribution to the sports mm-hmm. um, well it changed over the years and I'm, I'm really really convinced that my contribution today is that I can show uh, you know I started when I was like uh, 16 years old mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm in a couple of months I'm turning uh, 60 years old and I think my biggest contribution is that I, I'm, I'm a living example that bodybuilding can be really, really healthy.
0: Really, okay. Even 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 competitive professional bodybuilding can be healthy. You're saying? It,
1: it it can. You know, I, you know, right. it's uh, uh, for sure. I'm convinced about it because uh, you know I, I'm willing to talk about even what I I did back in the days and. Um, yeah, not really much changed uh, as far as that perspective uh, for me. And um, um, there are a lot of examples for bodybuilders that, that are still healthy. They're good friends of me, like Lila Brada, a lot of a good example. And um, the, I think the, the biggest uh, thing is the, the consistency in the lifestyle. And, you know, and, and nowadays, no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say nowadays. It always has been like this. Um, you see a lot of people; they peak for a competition, and they actually, you know, the couple of weeks in the year they are in shape, and you know, the rest of the year they are not in shape. So, you know, that's uh, maybe in the old days that was different. You know, we kind of were in, in pretty decent shape all year round, and uh, well, it, it pays off now.
0: How did you get into bodybuilding? Why did you choose that, you know, profession? As, as a, as a kid, right? You got into it yeah. early, right? You, you were still a teenager.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I was looking for a sport. Uh, I was looking for anything in my life that was really tough, like, like the, the like really hard, you know, uh, exhausting. The, the most extreme thing I was looking for. Mm. At the time, I didn't know it yet, but uh, I have ADHD. And uh, that probably is one of the reasons that I'm always have been looking for challenging, mm-hmm. challenging things. So I, I base, I, I thought I, I did a lot of sports, like many sports, but I couldn't find a sport that was really challenging enough. And therefore I choose to, to go into commandos. Mm-hmm. And for that, you know, the, like, like the, the toughest division in the army not really to uh, defend my country in the first place, but really I thought that was going to be the toughest thing on earth to, uh, to do for me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And for that reason, I went to, uh, I went to a, a gym, like a weight training gym, and not really conscious about like bodybuilding really yet, but I was thinking those times that I thought about bodybuilding, uh, I hated it. But I hated bodybuilding. Uh-huh i always uh, i didn't like it at all I, I really thought they were like blown up frogs, like shiny like uh, i didn't like it at all the 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 the, the time the really the the first day that i went in the gym for now for totally different reasons not to become a bodybuilder. i saw posters from frank zane sure's nobred but one post was really like like appealing to me it was of course Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. and this literally happened. Uh, it's not like a romant uh, that I romantic romantic as I it, but I really this is happened. It was happening. I I looked at this. Well, if this is bodybuilding? If 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 this is bodybuilding, it can be beautiful too. Mm-hmm. And Arnold at the time he was like extremely was like big. He was like. And, and right. literally the, the same day, that the first day that I, I I came home from my first visit in the, to a gym, I told my mother, well, listen, mom, uh, uh, I'm not going to be a professional, uh, like in, I'm not going to, in the army. And she was all relieved and uh, said, oh, you're going to be like a doctor now or something or a dentist? I said, no, no, mom, I'm going to be world champion volleyballing. Oh. And that was really the the poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, it's not like uh, that I made this up. It was literally, I hated bodybuilding until I saw this poster of Schwarzenegger, Frank Zayn, and, and Serge Nuret. And I literally said to my mom, I'm going to be world champion. And that's what I did.
0: Well, so how did you learn how to bodybuild properly? I'm not talking about just to lift weights, but like how to diet, you know, what supplements to take, uh, who taught you? That was in the seventies, right, I'm assuming? <laughs>
1: uh well i started in the late 70s but like my first competition was like in 1980 mm-hmm. and um, uh, well it, it started with that first day that i went to the gym you know i asked the instructor like the please can you explain uh, you know how those equipment work how it all works and um, he said he was he was angry with me it was actually the gym owner and he said Don't fool me, you you know, you have been to the gym many years. No, this is the first time in the gym. And um, well, because I always already looked muscular because of all the things that I did myself at home, like pushing up, pulling myself up in the garage of my dad, all those kind of things. And um, the the, the moral of this story is we didn't have internet. We we didn't have, uh, it, it was a good thing because we could not get confused so in order because i i was i always have been being extreme in everything that i i've been doing and so that 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 becoming a mr Uh, world champion that was so something serious though from day one me and my brother made a plan for that Mm -hmm. and we actually had to go to the library Uh, a friend of my dad was a doctor we had to learn you know about the body and ask those kind of things but most important thing the most importantly is that we had to listen to our body so now of course on internet you can uh, you can search for how to build muscle you feel you feel you 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 find about like a hundred things but at that time you only had your body as reference so you only had to you you could like watch in the mirror what's going to happen uh, when i do this or that Uh, so basically really I have been, I always, always has been pretty stubborn and uh, I ne- never really wanted to listen to people in, in when I was younger. And um, yeah, th- that's how I learned it. Um, it, it even got that, uh, it, it even came to the point um, when I, me and my brother had this plan to compete uh, maybe like in six months down the road, my first competition. Mm-hmm. So I asked, uh, the, the gym owner, can, can we pl- please next week? There's a show. Can we please come with you and uh, watch the show? And he said, yes, you can, but there's one condition he said, well, name it. I will do it. So just that I can drive with you and said, you have to compete. Mm-hmm. I said, what, I don't even know what to eat. And I just, the big guys in the gym, I was, I, just, I was 17 years. Mm-hmm. And they told me, uh, the only thing that I knew was, like, they were eating chicken. So, for two weeks, my mother bought, like, three chickens a day for me, and that's what I did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, of course, a lot of mistakes, but in those two weeks, I learned so much about why you still need carbs and, you know, and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really, my, my, my body was like, um, uh, like a research, a research, uh, and I, and, and, and. Later even when uh, coaches became a little bit popular and you know when when things the muscle fitness you know wrote uh, scientific articles even then I always and this is probably really important it was to me I always ask myself if somebody told me well you have to do it like this mm-hmm. I always ask why
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's uh, that's you know if you have a hundred different people, mm-hmm you 100 different
0: approaches. Right, right. So you kind of, you, you you almost self-taught yourself how to be... Yes, yeah. Um, now, if you look back at your career as a, as a competitor, right, um, how would you describe your achievements, specifically competing, you know?
1: Um, I'm, I'm really, really satisfied. Um, uh, In 19... 79 or 1980 I did my, 1980 I did my first competition and I already became world champion in uh, 1985 mm-hmm. so that was the achievement already mm-hmm. uh, then I turned professional and competed uh, three four times in the Mr Olympia and always placed in the uh, the finals and with the final results in uh, 1980 uh, 1988 where I placed uh, third at the Olympia.
0: No, mm-hmm. oh, that's amazing. You beat Dorian Yates at one point as an amateur, right? Is that true?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. In, in 1985, mm-hmm. I still uh, if I, every time I see him, uh, I still tell him, "Hey, I beat you." Eh? Mm-hmm. So it's uh, but yeah, Dorian Dorian looked com- completely different uh, back then. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, he, he just uh, you know he he just did his first competition uh, two weeks before that show.
0: I want to ask you about Matt Mendehall, right? Um, Now, he was not a pro, he was an amateur bodybuilder. You've competed against him, I think, a few times. Um, He was not a pro, but he left quite a legacy, right? How would you, um, what do you think about him as a bodybuilder and also the legacy that he left uh, on the sport? Probably the most uh, talented guys that ever lived.
1: when I, uh, I I go a little bit, I, I tell a little bit about the competition. Uh, why I ended up in uh, in America already uh, in, the pre, in the early age. Mm-hmm. In in 1982, I won the European Championship, being a junior, uh, mm-hmm. and I and I I I won the heavyweight show, um, you know in in the senior competition. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one who ever did that was uh like like, like arnold schwarzenegger still mm-hmm. but for that reason i already had attention from america so uh at at the time invited me in 1983 when i was 21 to stay in his house he, he always has been like a kind of a scout he always had a good eye for talented bodybuilders and that same summer uh, Matt mendenhall was invited so he we actually uh, trained for months together, and uh, besides uh, that, I that I that everybody could tell that he was so gifted, mm-hmm. he was not only the, the, the most gifted uh, talented guy, he was also like the, the nicest guy you, you ever meet.
0: Mm-hmm. Why well, he didn't become pro, do you know?
1: Um, I think condition condition uh, that that kind of hurt him, it was never really that. The shredded, shredded uh, condition, and um, I think maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. If uh, I even tell that about myself, if I knew back then what I know now, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, I could have been better, and mm-hmm. that's that's same for for Matt. I think that if if Matt Mannel showed up back in the days, 100%, he could have won everything, he, including the Mister Olympia.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Um, now, is it true that you you got suspended at one point? What happened exactly?
1: Yeah. Um, well, in um, yeah, that's a that's that's a story too. In in that was in nineteen ninety two when the WBF came, and um, there's a, there's a story to that. In in nineteen eighty eight, I, I WBF know, I turned, is what exactly. WBF, is the World uh, Bodybuilding uh, Federation. It was like owned and um, uh, like like founded by Vince McLean. Oh, right, the owner. okay, yeah,
0: uh uh-huh. yep, yep.
1: Yeah, so at, at one point he said, well, if I can make a sport like wrestling this famous and that big, I will do the same thing with uh, bodybuilding.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the, the reason that I made that, this decision because a year earlier uh, after my uh, after my third place at Olympia I had a pac here mm-hmm. and that that be, maybe we will speak about it uh, a little bit later down the, down this interview but that because of that I never really believed in my uh, challenge and in my my Olympia dream anymore mm-hmm. and um, I kind I was kind of lost but the reason that I was Actually, the first guy that was suspended was also because it's the, okay, I'm doing this interview on my phone. I get some message sometime. No problem. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, the reason that I was suspended, the first guy and officially was also because I was the only one and first guy who explained to
0: Joe and really why I did it wait so, um, so I, I just want to understand it correctly so the wbf came on the scene and you started competing for them right yes and then did you have to leave the ibb pro or you still stayed in both no
1: no 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 that's that of course really important uh, what you are asking because no that that was the case because uh, uh once you were leaving the IBB. Right. uh you were you were not allowed to compete like uh in any other federation right. you were suspended so and because i mm-hmm. explained why i left you know because of uh, my whole story i was officially mm-hmm. also the first one who was suspended i i also have to add to that that i'm also the the first one who was uh back in the IVB and and and, and i think i was the only one who got like an an, uh, a contract and sponsor contract with uh, Joe again, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Weeder. And once I asked him, uh, I said, Joe, why why are you giving me this, this contract again? After that, I did this to you. And the only thing he ever said is, uh, if a lost son comes back to his father, he welcomes him with open arms. Uh-huh. So, and he never ever said anything else
0: uh, to that. So, you had a good relationship with Joe Weeder? Yeah, very, very good, yeah. What was your what was your Weeder like? I mean, I, I hear different things about him, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of praise, you know, and in, in obviously in bodybuilding, he is, you know, the guy who really founded the sport in a way, right? He really yeah. started the whole thing, but I heard some things about him that were not so glamorous, you know, some people accused, of, accused him of many things, you know, well, tell, tell me, tell me about him, you know, from your perspective.
1: Yeah, well, my perspective, um, uh, only good things, you know, it, it's a... Uh... In Holland, we have an expression: uh, "High trees uh, catch a lot of wind." Is that the same expression in in the U.S.? <laughs> I know so, you, mean, yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, I see it with a lot of people around me. You know, you know, in over the years, like, and and Joe, of course, was a very high tree. Like, right. and recently, I've seen it with my good friend Tavi Castro. You know, the, he got a lot of shit from a lot of people, and still, a lot of people don't give him credit, and they are. They are they're making out for a lot of things. So, no, I uh, personally, Joe has been really like a father to me. And um, I can, i be really honest about anything in this sport, but I, I really can't say anything bad, bad about Joe.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so so let me get this straight. So you tore your pack, right? You feel like yep. you're no longer going to be a, a, a big competitor, you know, like a dominant force. So you go compete for the WBF. And for that reason, you got suspended from IBB, right? Yeah. And then you you were done with the W. I think WBF only lasted like a year or two, right? Like it fizzled out. Correct, and correct. And then you went back to Joe Weider and he took you back in to his federation. Yes. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, I competed, uh, I think I did another like two, three shows uh, back then. But that was at the point, first of all, um, I never believed in it myself. Uh, because if you have a peck there, they they did an operation and they did a good job. But when you really get shredded, and mm-hmm. I'm the type of bodybuilder that needed to be really shredded, they'll just see it. So mm-hmm. I so I tried to cr- came in bigger, but that was at the time mm-hmm. that we that the whole every all the bodybuilders were getting bigger. So and that was uh, you know. Th- that was not the, the type of physique that my body was doing very well.
0: Mm-hmm. So essentially that that one injury, right? A terrible injury kind of put an end to your yeah. career as a competitor. How did you make a transition into being a coach? Um, and, a, and I guess, do you consider yourself a guru, a coach? Like what, you know, what was the official name? Um,
1: honest, honestly, I, I, I do coach uh, like uh, bodybuilders who uh, like Men's classic physique bodybuilders a lot, uh, or, or not a lot. But, but I wanted to say most of my clients are not really even uh, competitive bodybuilders. Like mainstream people who are, are want to be fit and healthy and uh, losing weight. Those kind of uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, it's a long story. Um, um, once I stopped bodybuilding, I wanted to do something completely different. So I went back to school and I graduated to the uh, Dutch Photography Academy, the, the Dutch Academy for Photography in Holland. And uh, there was like an education for four years. And I I kind of left the whole sport. But after that, when I came back. Um, uh, I, I went to, uh, to the, the FIBO, the big expo in, mm-hmm. uh, in, in Germany, right. and I realized that the whole uh, Marcus had changed, and that the bodybuilding, that, that, that what I was doing was actually appealing to a lot of to mainstream. So, and, and therefore, like I started like, an, uh, uh, I, for a short time I had like an, a nutrition line, But I realized that most of the people, they were interested in my knowledge and the coaching all that. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that reason, I I developed like an online coaching platform, the Mm -hmm. 88com And um, besides that, um, people wanted to be trained by me. So uh, right now I am in our our, like uh, own uh, gym, our personal training gym. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's... I think it's, it comes down to where I started with, with, with the story that uh, uh, that basically bodybuilding, if you do it right, in the right way, can be a really healthy uh, um, yeah, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And most of my clients are that type of people. Mm-hmm. You, I, do I have to uh, do, uh, put my blinds down because the sun is shining in now?
0: Is, are it, you, is you look, it okay still? No, you look fine. You look fine. Okay. Uh, okay. So, are, are you competitive as a coach? Like, do you consider yourself to be in competition with guys like you know Hani Rambad, George Farah, Chad Nichols? Do you are you are you competitive in that in that space? No, no.
1: The, the real simple reason I I don't want to um, uh, be a coach or bodybuilders on, on on first of all on open uh, bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, that's you know I, I, that that's going there, there's are so many things in, involved and that I don't really uh, want to be involved with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 that that that's the main thing because bodybuilding has changed so much. So so my my biggest um, um, successes are with 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 uh, young guys who are like. Uh, talented that I, you know, for the first competition, but all also general people that I just like that they, they make them lose 20, 20 kilograms or forty pounds or things like that. So you
0: would not work with an open bodybuilder. You would, you wouldn't do it if somebody wanted, wanted you to coach them. Exactly. Really? Well, you you were yeah. open bodybuilder. I mean, you competed against guys like Dorian Yates. You know, that's that's a mass monster, right? Yeah. Yeah, but
1: um, you know the thing is um you know when i play i i uh i posted my thing on instagram uh, last week about like uh, like like my how i see bodybuilding nowadays and you know that that it it really changed and um it's it's getting for my perspective it's getting too far too out of hand and too too many things involved that i you know it's, it, it's not really
0: healthy anymore okay so l- let's talk about this um i was gonna bring it up later in an, in an interview but since you brought it up let's talk about it so um you made a post i think after nick walker won the arnold right that was one of your posts yeah all right so remind you
1: mind if i put the blinds a little down yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead go stuff? ahead sure sure Go ahead. Okay, go, go ahead me. no problem Well, I was running away with that question. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know, right? <laughs> all right, so you made a post. No, the thing is, you made a post you know, about you know, Nick Walker, right? So, what's what's exactly do you see wrong with him or his physique? Or you know, what I mean? explain that so I understand. Yeah.
1: First of all, I will explain why the the post was not about uh, Nick Walker. Okay. The the, po- the post was not about uh, the Arnold Classic. The post was about bodybuilding in general. And the reason that I put it like that and I had a cut-off uh, picture of them and my next post was, was actually, uh, was a picture of me with a frock on it. The, the reason for that, that I wanted to have like attention for something. And because what I notice on Instagram nowadays that mm-hmm. there, there are two groups. They're, 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 you either like it or you don't like it. You're mm-hmm. against it. And I find a lot of people very uh, aggressive, and uh, you know, reacting to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're in both camps, in both uh, you know uh, sides. They are asking, I hear this question all the time: whose fault is this? What's the reason? And is this the uh, uh, evolution of bodybuilding, or is this like is uh, what, what is it? The federation or the athletes? And. Uh, or, or is it whatever you know uh, are the coaches you know, here, those, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then, then I, I looked at myself and then I realized that back in the days, uh, when I was like the, that guy that I was talking about 16, seventeen years old and, and going to the gym, when mm-hmm. I saw that poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger, that day that I made a decision, that I want to become a world champion bodybuilder, I realized that at the time that Arnold Schwarzenegger was as shocking as open class bodybuilding nowadays. Mm -hmm. So realizing that, that that means at the time, so I'm not going to uh, point the finger to Nick or any any open bodybuilder uh, from today, I'm actually looking at myself because I realized at the time, and nobody out of bodybuilding will understand what this means, mm-hmm. but I, I knew at the time, I would do anything to become better to become in a better shape, mm-hmm. to lose fat, to become bigger. Um, and then I, I realized, but I was grown up in in like in like an era that Arnold Schwarzenegger was shocking. You you have to think about this, mm-hmm. like. Uh, Tarzan was played by a guy with a pencil net. So, what would have happened if I was that guy from 16 years old today? I am sure that my perception would be very different because now, now, now the guys, me, I'm uh, let's say I was the guy from 16 years old now, so I'm talking about myself, the guys now, I would look at uh, movie stars like The Rock, I would see Instagram. So the the standards are totally different, and the open class bodybuilding is the same as Arnold Schwarzenegger that posted back in the days, which mean I would have done what it takes. Meaning I would do anything. Meaning I would do done the same thing. I admit that I was so uh, far in this sport. And so uh, caught up that I was willing to do anything that it take. So the and and that by itself is really alarming because what what I'm just saying is like I would have done it. So everybody would have done it. So that what is the fault? whose fault is it? Is it well, the coaches?
0: Mary, my question is this: If you look at today's um, the top competitors in men's open, right? Whether it's yeah, I know. Let's not talk about even Nick, but you know, Big Rami brennan curry you know uh, let's let's look at those guys right at the top william bonak for example right uh what's is there something wrong with their physiques that you don't like i'm, not, I'm trying to understand exactly what's the what's the issue is you know what i'm saying
1: yeah very that's very important right um it's not about size uh, back in the days i uh, the the guys that i called frogs blown up frogs. Mm-hmm. They were half the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger. The guys that I call him frogs. Nowadays, they mm-hmm. are half the size of some of the guys from the golden era. And I'm co- actually co- calling the nineties, the golden era with, with Kevin lebron Sean Ray, uh, Flex Wheeler, mm-hmm. those guys, they were like, like bigger than most of the guys that, that I'm calling frogs again. So it's uh, it to me. It's uh, it's more like what is the criteria for bodybuilding? And of course, I'm holding. I'm I'm not that 16 year old guy from the uh, from the old days. I'm also not that 16 year old guy who's living today. I'm almost that 60 years old guy that can put everything in perspective. And and then I'm saying well i think they're missing the boat with bodybuilding it's not just the size but if they they're looking for the criteria that i had back in the days and still have uh like, which is like, what exactly uh, which
0: is what exactly what what's the what's the one thing that's missing right now
1: well if, if let's start with naming this the same names again arnold sean ray flex wheeler uh uh kevin levrone to me those guys and today we have like like, uh patrick moore you know i i just believe that the lines in the bodybuilders it should be art it should be like like if you if you draw like a like a statue or or make a statue it has to look like like that and 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 that's
0: conditioning essentially right is that what we're talking about
1: no it's not really conditions because the the bodybuilders uh, today uh, the conditions their skin is so thin they are so big and ripped but still the condition is less i believe than back in the days and and i'm not talking about myself very good example for this is rich gaspari rich gaspari he was the first guy who had separation and density things like that you kind of miss so it's but it's not that that's that's condition wise but i'm i'm missing the lines i'm missing the the the, the art in the the statues in the bodybuilders that, that's what i'm missing yeah. but again i'm i'm conditioned I'm the old man whose conditions back in the days. So of course, I'm holding on to. How do you achieve those message. lines?
0: How do you achieve the lines that you're talking about, right? To make it look like a statue, basically. How do? You, how is that achieved? What's what? What are they not doing, in your opinion, to to achieve that look?
1: Anybody on the Olympic States, anybody on uh, on on like a world champion states, mm-hmm. they have, they are training their ass off. So basically, it is about genetics. So yeah, if, if you're if you're uh, th- then I, if I say that yeah, but you know then that means that actually some guy uh, responded to my post. He said yeah, but but then like a guy like Nick Walker can't compete. Well, if I'm like five feet tall, I can't really play in the NFL uh, or what is it like in the baseball baseball. baseball uh, baseball division the pro division mm-hmm. so yeah that is genetics mm-hmm. and and then everybody on the Olympic state has to have those genetics in my opinion and so, then
0: so what you're saying is um i just want to i just want to understand 100 percent correct what you're saying is the modern bodybuilders today that compete in you know top competitions are lacking genetically
1: um because the criteria is not like that. If they changed criteria, um, like, you know, that it has to be uh, athletic, it has to be uh, classic and all those kinds of things, then it would be different. Um, and then if I say, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying, but uh, if I say this to somebody, everybody, everybody tells me, yeah, but we have the, the, the classic physique. We have to you know that's the alternative but the, if that would be the case that would indicate uh that it was about size and it's not about size because you, there's a weight limit because kevin again all those guys from the 90s they even dorian yates he was like in the beginning he had the, the waist and the double biceps and all that and it all changed uh by by pushing the boundaries and 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 going
0: further and further Mm. so i i I, I just want to make sure after this interview people understand you 100 percent you know because essentially you know the bodybuilders today right i mean they just they they, i mean the objective of men's open right is to get the size condition right and and to bring it to that level of the extremes in a way right i mean it was i mean it was always done that way right from my understanding uh but What you're saying is, are they not doing something right when they actually train, or are they lacking genetics to achieve the look that you think is the best?
1: Yeah, you you, you mentioned um, they get big and they have to get conditioned. But those guys that I named, and and the the best example for that is Frank Zane, Uh, that was not about condition. I sometimes I compare Frank Zane with like an Italian race car if, if it's the same with the bodybuilder the, the the flow of a calf has that line of that calf has to go all the way up to the to the shoulder and with classic poses but again to me it's not classic is not the alternative because that again would indicate that it's about size but uh, bigger guys, like I, I, well, I I name it again, like Flex Wheeler, he had all the uh, the criteria that I have for bodybuilding, and they are not just not uh, doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. They are not appreciate those kind of physiques anymore. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why I I don't know, I always I I I am a guy who always that if you have to if you want to change something you have to look at yourself.
0: sure
1: well the, th- the thing that if, if I want to change it at least I can mention that that um, I have one of the guys who was willing to do everything for it to, to, to you know, I even told the seminars if I win the Olympia one day and le- live 10 years younger I will do it. So meaning, mm-hmm. I was one of the guys. Exact, exact, I would done today again. I would done the say, Would have done the same thing. So if you have to look at yourself, if you have to uh, say whose fault of it, I, I'm part of the fault because I was one of the guys in my era that was pushing those uh, uh, limits and
0: boundaries. So in your opinion, when did it, when did it change? Like who was the last bodybuilder in your opinion, right? The last Mr. Olympia or whoever, the last champion that you thought had all the criteria for what you considered to be a, a great bodybuilder?
1: Um, well, if I look about like an era, it's it, they call like the eighties, of course, uh, Ligini. Sure. But again, to me, the best bodybuilders, uh, I'm, I'm really looking into the sun. I'm, it doesn't bother you that some that's shining? Uh, no, you're uh, right in the middle
0: right now. The the shade is actually on your face. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, no, no. So, I, like, turn the shades a little closer again.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, go ahead.
1: It, it, let me do that. Sure. Well, you see, you know, with difficult questions, I, uh, I walk away and I look... <laughs> They're not difficult,
0: man, They're not difficult at all. I really want to know, yeah. I, I really care about your opinions, you know, you have credibility. Yeah. And I really want to understand, like, who, in your opinion, right, the last champion that you thought was... And after that, it went downhill, like, you know what I'm saying? Tell me, like, the name that you think that, that, that
1: Um. Happened. Well, you, you know, I'm not that um, busy with it, like, in, in my daily life, so, so I don't really know the, the years exactly... But we had like lined up in in the 90s, we uh, with a lineup that uh, that maybe four or five guys were actually uh, uh, they had credit to win the Olympia. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know again uh, that that's the guys that I'm thinking about now: Sean Ray, uh, Flex Wheeler, uh, uh, Kevin Lafroon. But but but. Yeah, the, the, I think that lineup in the 90s. The, the, that was the best era, I think. They they became bigger, bigger and bigger, bigger. But they still had the shape of well, in my opinion. But again, I'm conditioned uh, in the old days. I'm the old man now, so of course I'm 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 liking that. But in my opinion, the 90s. Uh, the, that's when they lost it, because they started to appreciate the size and the conditions. Over, uh, over the um, uh, yeah the lines and the aesthetics. I, I didn't mention that name. Uh, I didn't use that word aesthetics. And that that's a real crucial thing in this as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you don't think all right? So 90s era, I get it, right? But you so you don't think um, I don't know like Phil Heath for example, right? You don't think or Kai Greene? You don't think they exemplified you know what great bodybuilding should should be like?
1: actually i'm i'm so happy you're naming those two because those are really of course only a few years uh you know uh, back and there was that um, great example to explain uh, why my criteria how my criteria is built a lot of people they think uh, they always ask me well Phil Heath, he should should you know he deserves to to win but then i go back uh, if I look at Kai Green when he was in his very best shape and he uh, won, I, I don't know the year, but a couple of years ago when he won the Arnold Classic Australia. If that Kai Green stand next to uh, Phil Heath in the best shape, I would uh, uh, pick Kai Green. And I will ex- tell you ex- exactly why. First of all, this, this is also part of the, the other answer that again, just a few years ago, there were bodybuilders like uh, with my criteria. Why Kai green If you, if you make a drawing like a, a cartoon, if you make a cartoon of a bodybuilder, you are, you are, you're making, the, the, you are, you're drawing the lines of Kai Green If you, and why do I pick Kai Green above um, Phil Heath? Strip them both the, from muscles and their bone structure, Kai Green is like shoulders, waist. So he is shoulders, waist. And he's enormous big and you got like the size and the the, the uh, every uh, pose, you know, he's tremendous. But he doesn't have the the, the lines like uh, Kai Greene. So yeah, maybe a very good example. I'm glad you're naming him, uh, Kai Greene. He's from this era, but but he still had, in my opinion, the lines. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's take let's take it a step further. So, how would you rank Big Rami then? I mean, you know, he's a current champion, current Mister Olympia, right? Um, do you think he's a great bodybuilder?
1: Well, I, I was happy that he won uh, the show last year. Um, I I have to say, maybe it's already clear for you. Uh, I personally have a love-hate relationship. Not this year, but I I still go often to the the Mr. Olympia just to watch it. So I can appreciate it. Um, And uh, it's not not the type, it's not the direction that I would like to see bodybuilding to to go, but I can appreciate it because I know what they're doing for it. But that's my, that's my personal uh, love-hate relationship with the whole sport.
0: No, I respect it. Now, you know, last thing I want to ask you about this whole thing, you know, um, you know, Dorian Yates, he spoke out, you know, he said, well, bodybuilders in my era were better. Ronnie Coleman did the same thing, you know, uh, uh, Samir Banu, you know, like all, all the guys from the from their era say their era is the best, right? So, I mean, you're saying the same thing essentially, right? So, I mean... Do you think it may be just nostalgia? You know, you kind of like miss miss the old days, the good old days. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like really the sport yeah, getting worse. Yeah, what but do, I'm, what I'm, would you I'm, say to I'm, that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, that, that's why I kind of uh, made that, that example earlier that I am conditioned, you know, as the in that era. So of course that's what I think is beautiful. Uh, but, but, but uh, more importantly is very more, very more. Uh, more most important is that if i have would have grown up i would be conditions like the guys today mm-hmm. and with the pushed boundaries and i would have done the same thing so i would do it so it's it's so subjective that, so i'm even saying a kid uh, in the 80s he w- he would have liked that like me if he, the same kids will like the, the bodybuilding of today mm-hmm. But the reason, the reason is not just about, and now we're coming to a really important thing. The reason that I'm saying this all is not about that I don't like the aesthetic that's uh, that much anymore, you know. It's not about that result. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm at the point willing to say that not today, back in the day, same for me, that bodybuilding in, in total, be, is becoming insane because uh, what those guys have to do for it today? Today, what I would have done if I was an 18-year-old old kid uh, today, I would have done the same thing. So it's not a finger to point, but uh, bodybuilding in 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 the total has become insane, and and there is no uh, finger to point. Uh, whose, whose fault is that? If 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 we Zoom out of this, mm-hmm. then maybe it's just the results and what's happening in in the rest of the society. Mm-hmm. If you just just think about other problems that we have because of pushing boundaries, mm-hmm. obesity, for example, like 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 there there are so many things um, uh, in the society going on that mm-hmm. is just because of pushing boundaries, and and that's uh, yeah. It, it, again i believe something has to happen and the only thing i can do is post a, a, a post on instagram like that and uh, explain say something about it and well having an interview with you and be just honest about it
0: yeah that's why i want to make sure like you you know very clearly people understand your point of view you know so what you're saying is basically bodybuilding got too extreme right it's too extreme it's you know I, I understand what you're saying. I just want to make sure people clearly understand what you mean.
1: Yeah, it, it's too extreme. And, and I'm not really, uh, I, can, I can deal with the fact I'm the old man and I'm conditioned back in the days. It's the new generation. It's the ev- evolution evolution of bodybuilding. But it's more, I'm, let, let, now we're coming to a really important point. For the first time in my life, I was after my post, I was called a hater. And that really, I thought, well, what a hater. The, I'm not saying this of personal interest. The reason I'm saying is, is because uh, it's an, it's an, I'm addressing an issue mm-hmm. that is concerning me. And I'm doing that with love. And if I look at that guy who had this packed hair myself back in the days, mm-hmm. at, at that point, so I know how bodybuilders, how far they go. I was my 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 world was collapsed. My, my I, the, so so I know the guys, the drive, and I know why they're doing it. Because I've done the same thing, and I would have done the same thing again today. And um, yeah, I'm luckily I am. You know, I at at some point I I've been able to get loose from it. I always say get loose from my ego and be one with everything there is. Mm-hmm. And once I start meditating, on all those kinds of things, right. I've been able to put everything in perspective. And so it's it's not about that I don't like it anymore. I'm the old guy. It's more about that uh, it's going too far. Maybe maybe uh, accidents will happen. You know, and they are already happening with
0: uh, with bodybuilders. What is the what is the hardest part about being a coach, to, uh, to an, working with an athlete, about your job, basically? Um,
1: if you have uh, 100 people, it's 100 times different. And if, if, even if you know the way to go, how to coach somebody, then you still have to make a tailored uh, fits like way that is appealing to them, that will work for them. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 um, I always said when I was doing bodybuilding myself and on the highest level, I always said to me it never was. I never understood why why bodybuilding saying it's so difficult because I was just doing uh, every day that I, something that I was like to do. So that's that's the whole thing about any coaching on any um, uh, profession or mental thing um don't don't make it uh, hard try to find a way that you uh that you like doing it that's that's and to inspire somebody to get to that point that's probably the hardest part but also the most uh, rewarding part Mm
0: -hmm. what would you recommend to an athlete right who wants to compete gets a coach um is it better just to stick with one coach for till, till you finally become successful or is it better to try different options and see which one will work for you? Because you have a lot of guys, you know, they work with one guy, like one coach for like many years, you know, and you have some guys that just, they they change the coach before each competition, right? So what do you think is the right approach? Um,
1: I I tell everybody, uh, even people that I train myself, that um, the journey of going to a competition is not really um, that you just have to do what the coach is telling you to do, Mm-hmm. But the the coaching is about get educated and become your own coach. So you know why things work. So in the end, of the result will, will be that you probably will know it better in, in a couple of years than, than your coach. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it's uh, get educated. And so the answer to this question, yeah, uh, try a coach. Uh, find, find another coach if it works for you. But in the process, always make sure that you learn and you get better. Mm-hmm.
0: You recently worked with Tavi Castro. Um, yeah. I feel like you did an amazing job with him. He, he was in amazing shape. He brought amazing yeah. physique. Um, he competed. He did a few shows, but unfortunately, he didn't win a pro card, right? Uh, tell yeah. me about working with him and what do you think he was lacking to, you know, to win, to win the pro card? That was uh, twenty was it 2020, right?
1: Yeah, it was yeah l- last year. Yeah, it's uh, well. Tavi and me. Um, um, I I never considered myself as a coach, as a real like a real coach. Tavi and him, we did this together, and that's probably the the best relationship for coaching and athletes, the, doing it t- together. Mm-hmm. And. Um, you have to realize that Tavi, when he was still a student and uh, not even, uh, well, just started training and all that, I already knew him. He, he was living in uh, in, in Rotterdam, uh, close by the uh, city where I live. And um, that's when I really got to know him. Uh, and I, re- I really realized that that was a guy with a drive and a passion. And if, if he goes for something, he will go all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for example, um, yeah, one, one time he just lived in Holland and with Christmas, uh, he was, I said one day, I said, well, what are you going to do with Christmas? He said, well, at home, I said, oh, nice. Who's coming? Oh, I'm all by myself. So he didn't even bother about those things. So that, that Christmas he spent it with uh, me and my, my family, of course. And uh, the, the thing about this. Um, Actually, we filmed for Generation Iron, some footage uh, about Tavi's training. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, I've never met a guy with, with a drive like he does. Because you have to realize Tavi was in a position last year with a lot of problems on the, uh, with his company. And yeah. that, that he was at the point personally where any human being would say like, well, I'm going to quit, I'm going to like sit down in the corner and cry. Mm -hmm. And on that moment, Tavi said, let's compete. So he did the opposite. So he was like, but later I, so I learned a lot from that too. So what Tavi did was, uh, you know, uh, instead of going with all the the pain, going further and further, he, he put it like a goal on the other side. Like, totally ridiculous, extreme as well, mm. uh, to keep that balance. And uh, yeah, that, his drive uh, was the biggest difference uh, to coach him. Because at, at one point, it was before his competition, two, three weeks before his first competition, and we got like a thing uh, out of that. I always uh, tell him, We had a serious conversation. He said, Tavi, you're really, you're still fat. And. and, and <laughs> So that was two weeks out. And then the Tavi mind came up and he said, let's go on training camp. So we went like on a ridiculous training camp for two weeks in Dust Gym in Vienna. And and I've seen this guy doing intermittent fasting diet, not eat, eating for, for almost 48 hours, training three times a day, practicing posing. And when all was done, he wanted to still do a photo shoot and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's uh th- that was just like amazing to do the, the coaching thing with him together.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, he looked I thought he looked amazing, um, you know, and the fact that you work with him was was great. Well what, what do you think prevented him from from getting a pro card? Because he did like three, I think, three shows, like almost back to back. Right.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. I, for me, of course, uh, I, I, I think he should have won the first one already. Um, but yeah, then then you really come to the point. It's such a subjective sport, sure. and um, I, I, I anybody that I coach, including Tavi, I always say: the morning of the competition, if you're in your best shape, tell yourself you already won, and uh, that you. If you don't like it, choose another sport because otherwise you won't you sure. won't survive. you won't uh,
0: do this. Sure. Do you think uh, there's such thing as politics and blackballing in bodybuilding? Do you do you uh, think that that exists?
1: Um. You, no. You, you kind of notice that I don't mind to speak up. So I if if there wasn't a the thing uh, that 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 I really saw that was bad, but. Um, uh, I, what I've seen personally, uh, you have to realize: if you have a competition of ten guys competing, there will be nine uh, not satisfied. Right. So, and um, of course, in my opinion, it had to do with my criteria and the the And I think I think he should have won one of the shows. But again, that that is this sport. It's a crazy uh, subjective uh, sport.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so you don't necessarily you don't believe in politics. You feel like it's it is what it is. It's just part of the you know.
1: <laughs> it's funny how you say it. You even start laughing yourself. But with it, you ask. Okay, it. we, we but, can move
0: on. We can move on. You don't have to. It's it's fine. I, I mean, I. No, I assume...
1: no, no, no. I will. I will. I will be. Um, uh, what what are politics? They're always. Um, uh, um how do you say that uh conflicts of interests all of right. course uh, um so um the thing is i hear that all the time but i personally have never seen something uh, people are telling me situations of about politics but i haven't seen them themselves May- maybe i'm too naive probably because uh, tavi laughing too <laughs> if, I, if i say this he says well you." you you just like, uh, and that is true, it's part true. Bodybuilding has given me so much good things and good memories and all those kind of things. So maybe I'm, I, I'm too naive to see some things, but I, I be, besides it, I truly believe that bodybuilding is a sport uh, that could be uh, easier to judge with certain rules and less subjective and uh, if everything is uh, if everything would be clear where where is where looking for mm-hmm.
0: so olympia is coming up just in a few days uh what are your predictions who do you think who do you think is going to be the top five in olympia this year men's open
1: well bodybuilding is uh, a sport like uh it all comes down uh because there are other there, there the, the, like, like of course Big Ramy uh, Adi uh, William uh, Patrick Moore uh, and even Nick uh, Walker will, will go for the title mm-hmm. and, and it all comes down uh, with the criteria that are they're using nowadays uh, uh, you said it before yourself it's about condition and size right. and um, Big Ramy came in really big uh, last, uh, in good condition last year and if he comes in in really good condition he comes he, he comes closer to the to the criteria that i like is the double bicep the, the lighter he gets the more uh, uh the 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 better condition he has the 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 more he moves up to the criteria that i have so yeah that's um uh, it all comes down to the uh, to the condition but but i i really i really one day, I hope they go like uh, start appreciating uh, uh, Patrick Moore, people like that. And I'm not saying that because of my criteria that I explained, that Patrick Moore should win because he is just one guy who still does have the criteria with the flows and the lines, all that. But if they start appreciating that again over mass and over condition. Then maybe the judges would go. Uh, yeah, the the judging will be different, and uh, we will get that back again.
0: It's funny you bring up Patrick Moore because there were some people said that he should have moved to the to the classic division and compete there. And uh, of course he, you know, he was upset about that, and he's he said that he's staying in you know men's open. And obviously he you know he's still uh, just in the very sort of the beginning of his career when it comes to competing. So he has a. He has a lot, you know, to achieve. But um, do you think for, for a guy like Patrick Moore to win the title one day, he would have to then stick to what he's doing or, or change something up and, and chase I, th- I think the size perhaps or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, but um, Patrick Moore is the the one of the guys who's going that direction about my criteria. But it doesn't mean that he's uh, because he's the only one. That direction that he should win right away. Um, uh, Flex, Flex, Roland, for example, when he gets in a good condition, um, you know, guys like that, they, they, they you know, uh, they, they, they can win one day. But right. Patrick Moore, uh, he's still lacking some uh, body parts, and he's still lacking that crisp heart density and uh, condition to, to win the Olympia, I believe. Although I think that's the type of bodybuilding that I prefer.
0: Do you think Brendan Curry has a chance this year to uh, get this title back?
1: If, if some of the other guys uh, will, like, like Hadi and uh, Big Rami and William Bonac if they, they, and, and Nick uh, Walker and even Hunter Labrada, if they come really at their best, um, well, that says a lot. I don't think he will uh, win. He, will, don't, he won't even be in the top four or five. Brandon? So it says more about the lineup uh, of the year that he won the Olympia than, uh, than, than,
0: uh, than anything else. Oh wow. So you think the so you, you, you're saying the competition got much more intense.
1: This year, those names that I just named, if they all come up in condition, that's going to be a, 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 a tough competition, mm-hmm. and I and I believe they all will. So yeah, um, uh, talking about my love-hate relationship with uh, with the sports. Sure. So I'm I'm putting my devil head now on, and let's say <laughs> let's judge the uh, you know the the way with modern bodybuilding. It's going to be a tough Olympia, and I think it's going to be a tougher Olympia than we have seen in the last couple of years.
0: But you predict that um, Rami will win again, right? That's your prediction, you would say? Uh,
1: if he comes in this even better shape, yes. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Um, all right, so I want to ask you a few more things, uh, Barry. So uh, there were some deaths in bodybuilding um, recently, right? Um, uh, some people blame diuretics for that. Um, obviously, you know about diuretics. What do you think? You think that's uh, they do play a role in that? In, in that you know, or do you I,
1: I'm gonna it's... move down a little bit. so this Yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: sure. sure, sure. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah. Diuretics are, of course, just one, one, uh, one of the things that is f- very uh, dangerous. I, you know, I can't say I can't I can't say you know how much I am maybe um, uh, a guy uh, who's really open now that uh, the thing that actually I just said that body, bodybuilding is becoming dangerous. But I, I don't want to go like an, an expert field as a doctor uh, without knowing anything. Um, you know, we have, we have on YouTube, you see all those, um, they reveal the this course of death. For example, there's a whole thing about... Uh, uh, Munster and um, if you, you ask me uh, straight up to me you think it's diuretics if I see some of the lists that they are all taking I'm in shock so yeah of course diuretic one of the things but there's a lot of other things that I'm uh, I'm, I'm shocked about in the amounts particularly in the amounts and, and uh, substances the different kind of substances
0: did the levels change from
1: the time you were competing? Yeah, most definitely. Most de- most definitely. it's. Um, but again, I, I think I said it about three times, but it, it's really important for me. It's not the, the fault of the federation, the athletes or the coaches. It's because of pushing the boundaries where I myself also did. I would have done it as well because I know how much I want to win the Olympia. But yes, having said that, for most definitely for sure it has to do with drugs of course
0: how do you feel about insulin um use of insulin in bodybuilding do you think it's do you, do you think it has a place well, in it do you think it should be not you know eating?
1: well by now you know uh, that i if i uh, talk about it i'd like to point the finger at, at myself when, when i lived in los angeles i you know i had a famous body uh, Famous bodybuilder famous uh, doctor who was helping a lot of pro bodybuilders and again i was going to him there was in the time that that uh, the insulin was coming up not 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 thinking about anything i said i thought by myself well if this is the new thing i i have to do this as well so i went to my doctor and he was in for, for a lot of things the only thing that he did he took his glasses off and he said Barry I want to help you with everything except insulin and that was for for me was that enough not to go uh, that uh, that way medically uh, scientifically I don't know enough uh, to say it will kill you uh, you know to make such a statement but that's that's obvious that's obvious that uh, uh, that, that diff- or or uh, dangerous things uh, can happen with insulin
0: In the beginning of this interview, you said, um, you know, you kind of, you believe that competitive pro bodybuilding can be healthy, right? So my, the the question is a lot of people are going to say is how exactly? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an extreme sport. It's a very competitive sport, right? You got to take, if if you in a untested, you know, if you, if you an untested, uh, bodybuilding, right, that means you have to take, you basically do take a variety of different supplements and steroids. Um, how do you, how do you really make it healthy? Like, how do you, how do you do that?
1: Well, I, I just looked at myself. You know, it, it, at the time that I was doing everything that I, you know, to become better, the mm-hmm. standards of the medical issues were different, mm-hmm. and I was tested all the time by a by a doctor. And uh, I know I was healthy at the time. And also, when I stopped, uh, it took me a couple of months to recover hormone-wise and all that, th- those kinds of things. So uh, what I meant with that is that it it could be uh, healthy is a difficult word to say, but it could be uh, much less dangerous and uh, unhealthy if there was no so not so much involved,
0: not so much dosages of. PED, you say.
1: yeah that's that's what, what I what I see and what I hear and what I believe that that's probably the the, the biggest change compared to the uh, to the old days mm-hmm.
0: well it's also uh, don't you think people's bodies react differently to everything like for example if if you were able to to do something and your body was you know tolerant to it somebody else's genetics or whatever it might be a completely different reaction right that can also be the, the, the case.
1: Well, you have done this before, you got the right questions. No, you're absolutely right. And it's a good timing you say this because then I'm at the point, I almost forget it, because I I was not that good and such a healthy man. I probably just have been lucky as well because of genetics and all that. And that's, uh, of course, you know, if you want to put it that way, yeah, for sure, most definitely.
0: Now what about posing? You know, a lot of guys from the old school always complain about the posing went downhill um, in modern bodybuilding. Do you, do, you, do you also think that or do you feel like the posing is good overall?
1: Um, well, you know, I, for, I explained why I don't uh, want to uh, look at classic uh, physique, classic bodybuilding uh, as an alternative for open bodybuilding but they, the posing is much better the, in the classic uh, bodybuilding. The, the, you know, just um, uh, look at uh, the Arnold Classic winner, Rufus, um, uh, Rufus can't say his name, the, the winner of the Arnold Classic, classic uh, physique, classic bodybuilding.
0: Terrence Ruffin, his yeah, posing yeah, was Ruffin.
1: tremendous. Yeah, like his posing was amazing and he didn't even win uh the, the 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 price for it that was uh by by one uh, well, by logan and that, so meaning that level of posing there they 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 nail it there they, they got it down
0: mm-hmm. um barry last thing i want to ask you objectively speaking right who do you think are the top five bodybuilders of all time if you were to just give me your list objective list top five of all time okay uh, random order or maybe uh,
1: first Arnold, that's of course, the, the, the old guy again, uh, very uh, underestimated or underrated I should say Sergio Oliva, it, it, you know, he's maybe, maybe even one of the best bodybuilders of all time genetically, mm-hmm. uh, Sergio uh Frank Sane. You know, much smaller but if talking about like the lines of a ferrari the starting from the calf to with his hands up mm-hmm. then frank zane uh, definitely belongs there um and then again now i have to uh, say right away it's not it's a random order because flex wheeler of course and that's the top four we have right now um then that was i have five. To that was say- five that was five Oh, already. Five, Arnold,
0: yeah. uh Nubray, the Sergio Liva, Sergio Flex, Zane, and, and Zane Frank. That's fine. Zane, yeah. Zane, yeah, right, sorry, yeah.
1: That, yeah, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna regret it that I named those.
0: Yeah, the four out of That's them right. is from the classic, from the, from the golden era. So you definitely, you know, you love that, you love the uh, that era, right? Yeah,
1: but yeah, again, yeah. again, again, if I was raised now, it, my perception would be different.
0: No, uh, of course, absolutely. Uh, Barry. Man, that was a great interview. Uh, I'm glad that we touched on thank a, lot of, you. a lot of things today. You know, no, I, we should definitely do it again. That's
1: uh, you know, writing a caption uh, on Instagram is much uh, easier because you think and think about it. I'm not speaking English every day, so, so <laughs> I, But uh, no, i I'm, I'm 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 like I said in the beginning. I uh, thank you very much. It was a really an honor.
0: Thank you so much, Barry. Let's do it again after the Olympia or like uh, later in the year, man. I look forward to talking to you again. I have a lot of respect for you, man. Thank you very much,
1: Vlad. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take Appreciate care, it. Take care. Thank
0: right, you. All right, bye. bye. Yes. Visit generationiron.com for even more GI
1: exclusive content on all things bodybuilding and fitness combat. And strength sports. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are downloaded.